Welcome to the Superhero of Love podcast. I am Bridget Fonger. I wrote a book called Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart and Then Go Save the World. That book is going to be out in January 2019, but I didn't want to wait until that time to start talking to superheroes of love. And guess what? Here's the news. You are a superhero of love. And through talking to other superheroes like yourself, tapping into that little superhero inside of you, I'm hoping that you and I and all of us start feeling more and more like superheroes of love, meaning that we love and are loved more than ever before. So welcome. Let's get this party started. Welcome, superheroes. We're sitting in my living room, and we're in my living room with Melanie Lutz, who wrote Mel's Loveland. But she didn't only write Mel's Loveland, you guys. She's so much about love that she wrote 1.5 million books (laughs) (laughs) from the heart. She wrote 1.5 million books from the heart. Nonfiction books, Vanessa by the Sea, Love Always Remains the Answer. Oh my God, that is so cool. <laughs> um, the Barb, the, excuse me, the Bear Melcessides, Melcessides, get it? <laughs> Walking out, waking up. I am a magnificent woman. I am a great man. And then collection of a collection of stories, 20-minute stories and poems. And then she wrote two fiction books, Lovely Moon and The Helpers. And she is um, in the middle of completing a documentary series that we'll have her talk about, too. But the bottom line is she's all about love. Welcome, Melanie. Bridget, thank you for having me in your living room. With your wonderful um, giant heart that we're <laughs> blessed to sit in front of and expand outward. And uh, in hearing that, that's funny when you have a list of books, um, hearing them read <laughs> read back to you from the, right? the book page is interesting. It, it represents a, a decade of writing wow. and uh, expressing from the, you know, the idea of the non, like, I guess nonfiction is where you get to tell the truth or fiction was where you got to tell the truth so it became faction and then it became nonfiction. oh i love that faction oh my because God. it's all your point of view right. and so you're truly like the only one who's expressing that point of view and i think there's some beautiful things to be understood about the process of expressing an authentic point of view and it's the story we tell and we can tell another story Okay, I have to stop you right away to ask you my first question that I that just kept repeating in my brain as I was reading your book, and the only book that I've read, <laughs> listeners, that I have to conf- <laughs> I have to confess that I haven't read all those books that I just read the title to, um, Mel's Loveland is the only one that I've read, and as I and oh my god, I, I just need to tell you what it's first of all the the cover is like the heart. We have to take a picture of this like that, right? With really which is her the cover of her book in front of the giant heart because it's like they're the same thing. They're just different um, iterations of the same thing, which is like a heart just so full of love. It's on fire in the good way. (laughs) 
And on the cover of her book, it says, consider the possibility that there is another way. And tell us about what that what that other way is that you're suggesting that we all follow starting today. Oh, yeah. The shift in perception using love as your as your point of view. So it's dropping into a loving, um, I guess, truth of the heart. Heart beats. The heart expresses itself in loving ways, telling um, through the electricity of that beat what to do to grow some more cells, to send some more um, blood here. And it's, um, it's tapping into the possibility that each beat of the heart represents. So in each moment, in each breath, in each beat of the heart, we're tapping into the possibility that everything we're thinking is not true if it is not thought with love. So the consider the possibility there's another way to look at it um, is based on the principles of A Course in Miracles. So it comes out of that work. And many principles and processes come out of that book that was channeled from uh, from source. Okay, I have to interrupt you to say, do you know that like two minutes ago I just said I was about to ask you the question that's been popping into my head and then I proceeded to not ask it, but you just brought up channeled. So this book felt so channeled. Can I just ask you, did it feel that way on your end? Because it well, just we're feels like a giant download. Yeah, well, every piece of uh, the heartbeat is, is an into the unknown and... I work through the heart with the hands. I think that's the writing, that's the crafting, that's the artistic expression. So you're divining something from nothing. You know, the desnilio, that from nothing to nothing space. And the heart really is the hands, you know, brain. <laughs> so yes, I definitely utilize <laughs> that process. I mean, it's like sorry. That's such an excellent image. I don't know. We're we're dealing now in the heart, you know, the heart math institutes and the science and the studies of um, psychology and neuroscience and thought medicine and the process of um, what it means to really, you know, have different brains than our brain or whatever. So then there's the heart brain. I love my heart brain. I love and your then, heart brain too. And then there's the stomach brain, which is actually where our sensitivities and our anxieties and our like other body of you know neurology kind of lives so we got like at least three good ones and three great chakra points and so I'm not convinced that my thoughts um you know have any sense of uh direction unless they're in alignment and that's that realignment that's one of your superpowers because right. in every chakra moment you know we're realigning what we've gotten off course with and considering the possibility you know in the course in miracles um, is used as a intercession <laughs> in your thought brain to say <laughs> that's truly um, something other than alignment. Right. And it's something other than one of your other superpowers, uh, hearing. And the hearing of the heart is how we download the channel. And our intuition, for me, within the Mel's Loveland book and the documentary, and it's it, the book has been... In, in the works for about eight years, the docuseries has formed in the past three, and um, it really does relate the, the idea of every day, considering the possibility that truly you're just channeling something and developing the intuitive brain. So I just had this experience, though, of reading it, that it was very, very clearly channeled. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like so you didn't yeah. interrupt it. I'm not sure, I'm not so <laughs> sure that... 
uh, what I explained said that the channeling is something I, I find we're doing all the time. And the closer you are to your heart work, um, the more channeled um, and the more you're listening and using your superpowers, your superhero of love powers, um, the more that you're available to hearing and channeling and really just being a walking amplifier. Yeah, and so it makes it so much easier also to be in a heart space, like if you're listening to only the, the it's almost like the, you know, the, the, the cartoons where there's the evil on one shoulder and the angel on the other shoulder, right? So it's like <laughs> when you're in that heart space and you're just listening to that, you've got only the <laughs> angel talking to you, or at least he or she is louder, right? Yeah, because you definitely, it's channeling, you hear all of it. So it, and then you get to choose how you're going to um, integrate that. And the, a lot of the work of the docuseries has been about embodying love and what it means to truly have that as just a decolonized body heart where all of the patterns and um, perceptions that have been overlaid um, onto that channel that's always clear and always, cl you know, creating clarity with its actions and. Um, and that knows how to create and endlessly and and wonderfully. Um, so it's just a it's it's part of that realignment, considering the possibility that there's another way to look at everything. Okay, so let's talk. Let's stop and talk about the the document, and then we'll go back to the book. Cause I have more questions about the book. Oh, of but course. Because well, you're on it right now, so let's continue with this. So I I'm just going to tell everybody that I had the pleasure of seeing um, two episodes. Did I see two episodes that night, or? Um, I shared the pilot episode, which, um, you know, was me kind of convincing myself that I could finish the 13 other episodes. Oh, good. Did you and get convinced that night? Because we <laughs> loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then I shared bits from some of the other episodes that tackle subjects that are dear and near to my heart, um, how kindness and compassion creates um, pathways for children to actually stay connected to play and art. And um, so that was one of the episodes, and I got to share a little segment of that. And um, I think I shared the other piece, which um, in August, there were going to be, it's 2019, August 26, 2019 is when the 19th Amendment came into um, being. So it's 100 years this year. Wow. And so one of the pieces I shared was um, our current, you know, it, the episode itself that it's in relates our divine feminine reclamation and use of um, love in politics, which is, again, to relate back to A Course in Miracles, Marianne Williamson, through the course of the book, um, has been a guide of sorts to connect politics, her history, her father's um, use of an immigrant, her, her father was an immigration attorney. And so the through line of of flow and people and love and allowing um, a process to bring people to freedom um, interweaves her work and so she started Sister Giant and she started bringing politics into those pieces. Sister Giant is where I met our mutual friend Melissa Fitzgerald. Oh yeah, that was the first time she stood on her. the stage. Yes, I made her. I was sitting next to her and I shoved oh, this her. This is so up. beautiful. I know. So um, yeah, Melissa Fitzgerald. Just a reminder that you're going to be running for office soon. Okay, so um, yeah, but I, let's I think that's a lightning strike of the heart. I yeah, think there is really absolutely. work for her to do in in that system, and she really offers a 
a transcendent space. So I just, I know we're honoring and her. And she had practice. Melissa Fitzgerald is an actress who was on the West Wing for years. <laughs> she did have practice. I mean, yeah. No, but she's, Policy, the biggest practice yeah. <laughs> is right now she's doing unbelievable work. And if you go back in this podcast history, you'll see that I interviewed her because of the work that she's doing for Justice for Vets and the NAAC, and not the NAACP, the National NADCP, Drug Courts, yeah. NADCP, excuse And it's me. truly, like, just to give her a plug, it's, it's a... Uh, she taught me, I would say, most things I know about activating to act. The, the, that piece of the actor is truly an activist or it's that puts in motion the work and brings the truth to light through whatever's taking place. So it's like always Meisner. It's like that truth within the story. So right. the story can be timeless if someone's connecting to the truth so when you see enemy of the people you know and you go oh who's the enemy of the people oh the pre no the, when you see it in a contemporary time frame even though it was done in the early 1900s it, you, you experience the truth of it wow um so to act the actor the she taught actor, me all of yes. that to act you have to put love in action as as uh, movement that's and those are how movements form. Right. No matter if you have Meisner training or not. I, went <laughs> I don't to the, even I know about that. I have no Meisner training. I went training. to the neighborhood I'm playoffs. Super you just sorry. dropped it in Whoa. Meisner. That was so bizarre. Wait, you actually have I a went background? to the neighborhood play. Oh, yes. I am not So kidding. you're part of the entire Joanne Woodward and yeah, Alice and Jane. I am Joanne Woodward, basically. No, I mean, like, I didn't know them. But, yes, I no, went no, to the No, no, I mean, school. but there's yes. a through line of um, beautiful women and men and just expressing their um, heartfelt work. And I'm, I'm connected because of Melissa to the neighborhood playoffs now so I know quite a bit she went to the neighborhood playoffs too she did we did not I did not know this about her oh my god she does not front um her anyway so she's just a, a very strong force of nature yes. and um I yeah. believe her mother is also just a very powerful yep. um person and and the co co collaboration of her two parents creating yeah the super male She's a superhero. Of she love. is a superhero. And of another love Mel. Sure. And, and another we have Mel. this Mel thing going. I like know. We're full Mel, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation <laughs> point every time we talk. <laughs> That's all we do. Mel, Mel. Um, okay, let's swing, back to, let's swing back to Marianne Williamson because, yeah. I, in fact, she was way more in, in the earlier drafts of my book. She was threaded even more heavily into my book. And, um, but you know how editing happens um, that it has nothing to do with you or your heart or anything. <laughs> so, But um, <coughs> she just sent out an email this morning. Did you see the email about that she wants to start a children's, a cabinet for children's welfare and education, I think it was? I'm maybe we'll see that, screwing yeah. that up. But, but that's just so synchronistic that we're talking today. And I think that it's just an extraordinary thing. And also, if you want to see her on that DNC stage for the debates, which please let's get her on that debate stage. Please go give just even a dollar. If you just give a dollar to her campaign, she just needs 65,000. Yeah. com, And uh, I, I mean, I'm not clear how many times I can donate, but I put myself <laughs> on a loop because I do think uh, her perspective is needed. And I'm a big fan of uh, Course in Miracles and the idea that miracles are expressions of love and, politics 1000 percent surrounded with love really does um and will create new systems and yeah and if you haven't heard marianne speak about um these matters of political heart you you want to hear and check her out and follow her and um let's get her on that stage um 
so anything else that you want to say about Marianne? Because I felt like I interrupted you twice when you were talking about her. So <laughs> I just, uh, I'm appreciative of her point of view. I'm appreciative of the, just to bring it back to why I guess I brought her up, is the angel and the devil, you know, we're never perfect. We're never, we're always receiving our own sense of anxiety or something's always afoot. But principle works when you use it. And in every way that you can kind of align yourself with something and practice it that works for you it's a it's a wonderful thing and she's really taught by demonstrating um every day regardless of how <laughs> nuts you know she may be or the world may be that <laughs> <laughs> the idea that you know forgiveness in me is the light of the world like there's a there's a daily affirmation that you can just sit with and go oh forgiveness is the light of the world huh okay That's and so and res and reset yourself and yeah. so she taught me the uh, her and oprah both um kind of coming together for the oprah radio show like you know aligned for my best and highest um to come to the daily lessons of a course in miracles and how to deal with uh problems Wow. Okay. I think we have to come back to the movie again, but Absolutely. right now. And I didn't mean to get off track, but the no, docuseries. No, no, no. It's so funny because really we're both. She's, with it. she's in one of the episodes of the docuseries. Okay, yes. So that's why I also brought her up. Oh, and that's it's, great. It's because she introduced um, Melissa, obviously, to the stage, but the second sister giant had uh, Bernie's first conversation, Bernie Sanders' first conversation, where he asked um, an audience of largely 2,000 women. Um, is it something that you would support if I make a fool of myself? And, you know, 2,000 people lost their, lost their shit and said, we're here, for, we're here for it. We're here for bringing back Robert Kennedy's ideas about the light on the hill and raising the dialogue, and we're here for it. And you could see that that was really powerful to him as an older dude who's like wants to run but you need there is certain like electricity the heartbeat that you have to align with as a superhero of love and and sit with and is it is it something i need to do and in that moment at the saban theater years ago he heard it and he ran and he in, invigorated um a large section of of underserved um thought thought you know leaders yeah. to join in um okay, and that's in the docuseries that's one of the episodes oh that oh that sister giant is uh i use the i what marianne coalesced and what obviously superheroes of love bring forward when you have a vision for something you're playing your note and then that note creates you know alchemy which in within formations of oh that person's played their note so then therefore this person can play their note and then each of those become this harmony or a sacred geometry of um, possibility. Oh, my God. I love um, my teacher is Master John Douglas, and I've mentioned him a few times in this podcast. Oh, but one of the things that he says is um, um, is to align yourself with the frequency of love FM. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> and that's kind of what you're doing. Right. I mean, not kind of. You are doing it. Yeah, and you're we definitely got it. doing it. You're doing it. Every day, speaking of every day, let's talk about this hundred days of love. So I just, did you, did you, did you actually, <laughs> and I'm going to interrupt you for just one second to just say, <coughs> did you hear about Jen Kramer who did 365 days of love last year? And I interviewed her a couple gallery? weeks ago. No, no, oh. she's, she's, she lives in Chicago oh. and she just took it on 
last oh, yeah. year. 365 days of love. And I, I am so want to have a conversation with the three of us. Oh I yeah. cannot wait for that electricity of the three of us. That's a cool like triangle. Yeah. So. Um, and there's also many. I mean, 365 is obviously a perfect. We decided, uh, you know, in, in the history of recorded. Right. <laughs> when did we decide that? <laughs> <laughs> but it's important. I mean, now that uh, cell, like we're at seven plus billion or eight billion, I'm not clear what the number is. Um, people, there is an ordering system that we decided with math uh, and the astrology that would categorize, you know, give us some way to make sense of the senseless right. or the free flow of growth and so. But I love 100. Okay, so tell us <laughs> about this, the 100. I obviously, 40 days is a, is a biblical, I'm raised Catholic, and um, I ha I think Marianne talks about, and Course in Miracles, but re, um, you know, realigning or re-centering or re, like, reclaiming the, ch the religion of your childhood is an important step on the spiritual path. And 40 days, Moses, like, wandering in the desert like Moses wasn't allowed into um you know wasn't allowed into the promised land because he still carried the the unfortunate thinking of the slavery so <laughs> the promised land was like yeah slavery like stay out <laughs> like yeah good job getting here but we can't bring you forward because you still you know have had this like whatever so anyway so I had been working a lot reclaiming my Catholic you know Jesus and Moses and shed your shoes and one of your other superpowers humility like you know when Jesus saw the burning bush whatever it was like shed your shoes like get rid of everything and be hum you know come mm. to me without any pretense right so 40 days was like whatever so I'm thinking you know I have some self-hatred I'm going to try this 40 day situation. <laughs> like Jesus must have said, hold my beer or something. Cause they were <laughs> like 40 days is not going to work. It not going to make it for this chick. Um, and so I said oh to myself, my I mean something because the next, cause I kept having these questions. Well, who am I without my shoes? Like, who am I like oh. as a naked player in the, in the world? How am I like going to participate in a world that I don't have resonance with because, um, it's not, I'm feeling heartbroken all the time. So those were the conversations that came forward and then the 40 days things was like sh I'm gonna do 40 days or whatever I had a talk to do and I just started writing but it was literally like a voice for the next 100 days consider the possibility that there is another way to look at what you're talking about don't think about war feel peace don't think about what isn't working experience what is and you know just with care and work and and uh, another figure who is like related to the angels and somebody who had a giant kind of engineering career um, in the 1700s, Emanuel Swederberg. Hmm. I don't I know Emanuel Swederberg. He's yeah, 1700s uh, gentleman who wrote kind of the definitive piece piece of angel wisdom. So at 50, <laughs> he had a, and I only know this because um, a book literally hit me on the head at a bookstore. I was walking through, you know, kind of hearing this for the next 100 days, consider the possibility that there's another way to look at it boom, I get hit in the head by a book 
No way. And it's Emmanuel Swedenborg's Divine Love and you have Wisdom. You've got to be kidding me. Oh my God, that is no. so cool. I mean, that's magical. Yeah, somebody, well, I guess that's the course, you know, that's the miracles of being in a loving presence and being open and listening and hoping for the best, truly. Like, good luck. <laughs> I'm being loving. Heart's open. I'm out here. Let's see what happens. Oh, oh, this could be interesting. And so he had a what could have been a breakdown or a break, you know, something. Um, but he something cracked open in his consciousness at 50 and um, he experienced angel language. So an angel language came to him, which he could interpret somehow. Whoa. It could have been a stroke of insight, like Jill Pulte Taylor. Right. But um, something occurred where there was a break from, oh, there's more happening here. And he had already um, worked in harmonies with garden work and architectural community, um, sacred geometry. He had, he had a huge kind of breakthrough career, like building community harmonies for how the village wow. <laughs> would work. And Beautiful. then he had this breakthrough at, at an advanced age and then started. Whoa, can show, you, good can you take that back? Can you say that at 50 is not an advanced stage? Okay, good. Well, Go at that point, he, I mean, the <laughs> cool thing for me is I also have like a Benjamin Franklin thing, like a little bit of a crush on Benjamin Franklin I have or a crush whatever. on him too, yeah. And he lived to like 100, so. Oh, okay, good. But there some people live to 18, so right. in a right. in a majoritive perspective, I still do work with, at that time, the 1700s. 50 was. Well, that was some old stuff. Was <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, he made you. <laughs> He lived a good life. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to bear you up. No, no, but thing. 20, 20. You I just got like, a little triggered. People were having a hard time at 20 <laughs> making it to 21. 